Hey everybody and welcome. I'm Kathy and it's great to see you all here. I am so thrilled that you have chosen to be a part of this series, The Fruit of the Spirit. I have a question for you. Is anybody spilling fruit? <laughs> Tell me. Tell me, have you been spilling any love or joy or peace? How has it been these last few weeks? Oh, I hope you've been spilling a lot of good fruit because that bad fruit's all over this world, isn't it? Oh, I love seeing your names pop up and see who is joining in. Oh, you're coming in quickly and I see you all. Thank you so much. Um, hey, I have some good news. Um, you know, last week my patience was tested. That's not the good news. <laughs> But uh, some good came from it. Uh, I did our lesson last week, and then I did what I always do. I, I, say, I tried to save it to my phone so that I could post it on all the other social media besides just the WOW Facebook page, and it wouldn't post. Well, I ran into all these problems last year and spent hours, days, weeks trying to figure out. My phone uh, had used all of its storage and I started deleting and I finally got it figured out. Well, it started again. And so I had to go through a whole big rigmarole. I give a shout out to our webmaster at Christ Church, uh, Susan Crum. She finally figured out how to save it. And so that it wouldn't happen again, I got a new phone. <laughs> Oh, my patience was tested with that also because I, I ordered the phone thinking I had sent it to the local uh, Verizon store and I drove over there to pick it up and they said, oh ma'am, no, 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 you have sent, had this shipped to you. So I had to wait. It arrived last night and so I was in a panic to get it all set up and ready to use today. And so again, you know, I was focused on patience and this is what happened. I had to practice patience. Anybody else? Well, if not, you probably will begin to practice patience after this lesson because it's going to be in the forefront of your mind and you will be tested. So if anybody wants to sign off right now, I get it. Sometimes the hardest thing to pray for is patience, isn't it? Well, that's going to be our, our focus. You know, I was so focused and intent on patience last week. I I was running into either examples or the word everywhere. So I bought some new tea. Uh, those who know me uh, well know that I love tea. I start my morning every morning with green tea. I use matcha tea. I love all kinds of tea. So I bought this new tea last week and I always check to see how long to steep it. And so I looked on the package and it said, let it brew for three minutes. And then it was followed by this, wait patiently for perfection. Isn't that great? Wait patiently for perfection. I thought that's what we're supposed to do. You know, our goal as followers of Christ is to strive for perfection in God's will and in God's way. And as we go down this righteous road, I can see you all like that. Uh, wait patiently for perfection. That's what we're all doing. Wait patiently. That's our theme for today. Uh, I'd like to start with uh, the, the dictionary just to make sure we're all on the same page with what, what it is. So here is the definition. The capacity to accept 
or tolerate delay. Well, who wants to do that? <laughs> the, pay, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, difficulty, or annoyance without getting angry or upset. Just think about that. That's this capacity to tolerate things that we don't like. So how well do you wait? Anybody, anybody getting good at waiting? <laughs> you know, we have been waiting a year, haven't we? We've been waiting a year for a vaccine or for this terrible, dreadful COVID-19 to disappear from our lives. We have had to practice patience. And you know, I have come a long way down that road. I hope you have too, in being able to tolerate the delay because I do know that it will come. Patience is an aspect of the fruit of the spirit. As the phrase fruit of the spirit implies, we can only have patience with, through the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit works through us. Now, it's important to have the dictionary definition of a word, but it's more important for us who are followers of Christ and dig into scripture to know what was meant when this was written in scripture in the New Testament. So we want to look at the Greek word for patience. And that is uh, as it's used in Galatians 5.22. It's called makrothumia. Makrothumia. Oh, I love saying that. Makrothumia. And do you know what it means? It means forbearance or long suffering. It's a compound of two words meaning long and temper. A long temper. Well, you know, we often say he is a short-tempered person. He has a short temper. But what patience is, is long temper. It's equivalent to our English idiom, the uh, long, he has a long fuse, a long fuse. Think of on the end of a, oh, I guess a, a firecracker or a bomb. There's a long fuse before it explodes. Do you ever need to hold your temper for a long time? Well, this type of long suffering is what we really need, isn't it? Especially when people have wronged us or they've made poor decisions or we've made poor decisions. We need a long temper when our adult children perhaps go in the wrong direction or when people are on our last nerve. We need a long temper. Uh, we need a long temper when we have to endure consequences that from our decisions or the decisions of others. Long suffering, holding our temper. Those are the descriptions of patience. So today what we're going to look at are some biblical role models for patience. We're going to look at the patience of Jesus, the patience of God, and then we're going to focus on some strategies to practice patience. That's what I love doing, uh, is making the Bible relevant for us because it's, it's classic, it lasts forever, and there are deep-seated fruits for us to gain from reading the scripture and learning from it. So we're going to look at strategies to practice patience. Let's look at our first biblical role model, Job. He's often put forward as this personification of patience. You know, he endured loss, great loss, the loss of possessions, his children, his health, 
and his wife's support, but he took it patiently. Uh, scripture, Job 2, verses 9 and 10 says this, When Job's wife told him, curse God and die, Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? Ouch, <laughs> should we? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Oh my goodness, would that like be what you would want for your tagline? Kathy, she said nothing wrong. Well, that's not going to happen, but I long for it. Job knew that God had control of his situation and his suffering, and he had to wait patiently for the unfolding of God's plan, going so far as to say this, and it's found in Job 13, verse 15. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. And then he said this, I'm going to argue my case with him. You know, that's what we would call a wise appeal. It's a strategy I teach uh, parents to, to use with their children, to teach them to make an appeal with wisdom, to have things to happen that would benefit them. And this is what Job did. He went before God with a wise appeal. Well, God was still in control and God was in charge. Let's look at Jeremiah, another great example of patience. Patience. Jeremiah was a prophet to the nation of Judah for 40 years. 40 years and no one listened. Do you ever feel that way? Nobody hears me. Nobody pays any attention to me. My kids don't listen. My spouse doesn't listen. My friends don't listen. Nobody listens. And that's what Jeremiah was feeling. But instead of giving up, see, he is known as this weeping prophet. Instead of giving up, he wept over the foolish people who refused to turn from their sin. Here's what Jeremiah 16 verse 2 says. God even said, he said, don't even get married or have children in this place. See, God, God knew that it was best for Jeremiah to focus completely on his mission and purpose, and that was to lead his people from Judah to following God. Jeremiah's friends had abandoned him, and his message riled up the people. He was, he was so uh, reviled that they threw him into a well. But all along, he practiced patience and gave all his life, his focus, to God. Wow. Are we willing to go to that extreme? That's a coaching question. I always ask a, a client, what are you willing to do? Jeremiah was willing to go the distance for God. Wow. That takes a lot of patience, doesn't it? I see you like that one too. Then there's Moses. See, Moses had the job, the responsibility of gathering a few million slaves and teaching them a new religion and forming them into this great nation. And at every turn, the Israelites did their best to frustrate Moses, didn't they? Oh, he'd get them so far down the road in their spiritual journey and then they would whine and complain. You know, they weren't practicing patience, were they? They were complaining about food. They threatened to return to Egypt after he led them out 
of slavery from Egypt. They said, we'll just go back there. We'll just go back there and live the way the Egyptians wanted us to do, rather than waiting patiently for God to get us into this promised land. They constantly challenged Moses' authority. It reached the point that God offered Moses a deal. He would destroy the rebellious Israelites and make Moses the father of a great nation. But Moses interceded for those horrible rebels he was leading. Let's read in Exodus 32. I hope you're using the handout that I sent out to you. Um, if you are watching this and you don't have that handout, please message me and I'll be happy to email uh, that to you. And here's what we read in Exodus 32 verse 11. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. Oh Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you bought, brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them off the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Moses was going before God and saying, be patient a little longer. Wow, I'd love to have that kind of patience. Talk about patience, Moses had it. But Moses had lapses also. Let's look at Exodus 32 verse 19. When they came near the camp, okay, this is after Moses had been up on the mountain to receive the word of God in, as the Ten Commandments, and he came down to camp. Moses saw the calf and the dancing. He saw what those heathens had been doing at the bottom of the mountain, and he burned with anger. And he threw those stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He had lost his patience with those people at knee. But you know what? I call that righteous anger, don't you? We need to be careful when we bandy that word around, righteous anger, but that's what it was. But for 40 years, Moses led this obstinate people and he delivered them safely to the border of the promised land. He did that for 40 years and then he made a bad mistake and he questioned God's leadership and he did something he shouldn't have done. He went ahead of God and as a result, he did not even get into the promised land. Wow, all those patient years and a bad mistake. Well, let's move on now to Jesus and the example of patience there. You know, when Jesus was nearing the end of his time on earth, even Jesus expressed this need to hold his temper. Makrothumia, he was having to hold his patience. We read in the book of Matthew that the disciples had been unable to cast out a demon and they asked Jesus why. And he told them their faith was too small. Ooh, is that what God might be telling us when we become impatient? Impatient with ourselves or with other people or with him? Now think about Jesus' position in this example. Jesus had trained those disciples in how to cast out demons. He modeled it for him. That's what all good teachers do. They teach 
and they model and then they turn it over to the student. That's what Jesus did. He had taught them to have faith and to trust. They knew how to do this. He had shown them and then it came time to do it and it wasn't happening. They weren't able to cast out the demon. And so what they said was, why? Why is this happening? He says, you just don't have faith. You know, now, you know, that was the basic problem. Is that the problem for us when we're waiting for God to work? When we look around and we see all that's happening in our world today, and we wonder why God isn't intervening and why he doesn't say, hey, we'll stop this nonsense. Come back to me. God is working always on our behalf. And so it's, it's uh, like we know, we know what we are supposed to do in all situations. We have an instruction book that we're supposed to follow. And then when we don't follow it, we say, God, what's up here? And God says, just have faith. Hold on. Here's what Jesus told those disciples. In Matthew 17, verse 17, it said, Jesus say, says, you faithless and corrupt people. That's what he called his disciples. How long have I been with you? That's a question he asked, how long? How long must I put up with you? That is what Jesus told them. You think he's ever saying that to you? You know, how long, how long have you been following me? How long do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here to me. That's what Jesus told them. And then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Do you see that cycle of instruction? Jesus taught them. He modeled for them. He let them practice. And then he gave them the test and they failed. And it was all because they didn't have trust. Wow. Do you think God's telling anybody today you know, I've, I've shown you, we've practiced, we've been through this. I've seen you through many times, many ordeals. Just trust me. Just trust me. Don't fail when the test comes. You know, we can sense Jesus' utter exasperation, but he had restraint. How would you have responded? You know, Jesus is pinning his hopes for the future on his followers. He wanted these disciples to focus on him, to focus on their faith and not the problem. Jesus goes on to tell them, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Wow, is that a message for anybody today? Nothing is impossible when it comes for being patient and waiting on God to work. And also, we can apply that to our relationships with other people. Nothing is impossible. We can learn patience. We can practice it. We can demonstrate it. His disciples had been unable to heal a man's son of a tormenting spirit. And Jesus expressed frustration with his followers. And he also looked around and he said, there is a whole generation of misguided people. Follow me. Trust me, he said. He was firm with them, but he did not belittle or demean them. He was long-suffering and she showed a long temper. What a role model for us that is. The greatest example of patience is God himself. God is patience, patient with us. 
God's patience. Let's see what it does. I'm going to give you several examples and several scripture passages that shows what God's patience does for us. One thing it does, it leads us to repentance. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? I would encourage you to begin to underline the words that describe God's patience. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. You know, how? imagine how impatience would, would look if God were impatient with us. Instead of kindness, imagine how it would look with God. Can you imagine God having a short fuse with us every time we disappoint him? No, he's long-suffering. And then God's patience saves us from his judgment. Romans 9 verse 22 says, in the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power. See, that's a message for us too. God has a right to be angry with us. He is very patient though with those on whom his anger falls, who, is de who are destined for destruction. You know, sometimes we're destined, destined for our own self-destruction, aren't we? Isn't it wonderful how God will just get out of our way if we are destined to destroy ourselves? He gives us free will to do that, doesn't he? While he waits patience, patiently, I would call that tough love, wouldn't you? He has a right to be angry, but he chooses patience. Do you find yourself in a situation ever where you might consider God's example? Do you find yourself in situations where you really have a right to throw a temper tantrum when horrible things are happening around, but you choose patience? That's what God does for us. I want us to look at what the Apostle Paul uh, did and said as a good example of how God chose loving patience instead of anger. God's patience changed Paul's life forever. Look at what 1 Timothy 1 verses 15 and 16 tell us. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. And then he puts a colon and then here is what his quote is. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's the bottom line. And he says, I'm the worst of all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his circle this great patience. Wow, with even the worst sinners, the others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. See, Paul owned his past. He owned his sin. And God was patient with him, even though Paul had persecuted Christians. Paul called himself the worst sinner. His purpose here is to encourage us, the one who's reading this, so that we will know that no matter what we've done, God is patient with us. Could you go back and use that scripture passage and just put your name right there? Because we can do that. Has God been patient with you? Have you ever fretted and worried over things that you should give to him? Have you ever doubted him? Have you ever withheld forgiveness with someone? God's still patient with us. Have you criticized or ridiculed other people? God is patient. Even when we failed him, even when we failed to give him our time, our talents, 
our gifts and our service. He's patient with us. He's been patient when we've forgotten to spend time with him. He's long-suffering, and he has a long fuse, even when we make him second place on our to-do list. Doesn't that just make you want to worship and serve him even more because he is so patient? Without God's patience, none of us would live long enough to come up to a saving relationship with Jesus. You know, God outlives us with his patience. His patience has a purpose. It is to delay judgment so that we can seek a personal relationship with him. That's what his patience is. It lasts a lifetime. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. That's how long his patience is. It lasts our entire lifetime, hoping that we'll repent and come to a saving relationship with him. Through the Spirit's power, we can display the same patience with others. And we can display patience when we wait on God. The Bible is full of scriptures about the importance of waiting on God. In fact, many of these scriptures even tell us what the result will be when we wait on him. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. It tells us exactly the result of waiting on God. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those who trust and have patience in the middle of that will find new strength. And here's what we will do. Look, there are three things given in this verse that we're going to do. They will soar high on wings like eagles. Does anybody need to hear that when you're waiting to be healed? when you're waiting for a child to change, when you're waiting for a spouse to change, when you're waiting for yourself to change, you'll get new strength in the middle of that. And then you're gonna soar high on wings like eagles. And then they will run and not grow weary, will run with patience and endurance and will walk and we won't faint. We will have energy in the weight. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. Energy in the weight. Strength in the weight. You know, we all get tired, but God's power never weakens. And in the weight, he gives us strength. I see that you are loving that. I love it too. He is never too tired or busy to help us. Trusting in the Lord means we live with, write this down or circle it, patient expectation patient expectation that God will keep his promises even when we are in the middle of life's greatest difficulties how many of you are in the middle of life's greatest difficulties I see many of you on this list who are you have been recently diagnosed and you're waiting for a healing some of you are struggling with uh, fatigue and you're struggling with the pandemic and you're struggling in relationships. And God said, wait patiently with great expectation. God will keep his promises. Even when we're weak and worn and struggling, we want to have faith that God will prove himself faithful. 
One benefit to waiting on God is that our strength increases because we lean on him to provide it. Just to get that visual, leaning into God, leaning into him. Because when we lean into him, do you know what he's doing? He is giving us strength so we have something to lean on. That's what gives us the power and the strength and the energy. One of the greatest benefits on waiting uh, on God uh, for me has been the lesson of humility. The Bible talks about the importance of humility in our lives and how God requires it of his believers. Many of you may be like me. We, th we think we're strong enough to plow through anything. And you know what? Practicing patience means <clears throat> is that I'm not, <laughs> that I am not the strongest. I am not the one who can plow through and fight anything. You know, I need to rely on him and that means I need to humble myself. James 4 verses 6 and 10 tells us, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I need to humble myself and go before him when I think I can handle it all myself. So waiting for God to move in our lives is allowing him to take the control that we had and humble ourselves by giving totally and completely to him. How long do we wait? Listen to these words. As long as it takes. That's how long we wait patiently with expectation. God is going to do what he wants no matter what. So why not wait, wait patiently with expectation? Read Isaiah 46 verse 10. Here's what God says. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. Wow, that is a sovereign God who tells us that. He is going to do, his plan's going to happen. His purpose for us is going to happen. It's not changing. So why not wait patiently instead of impatiently for God to work? God does not have a deadline. And the Bible tells us that a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. Habakkuk 2 is a wonderful example. I'm teaching that study. We are having an awesome study, and many of you are joining in on that study on Tuesday nights. And what we learn in Habakkuk 2 is that God it's tell, is encouraging Habakkuk. Habakkuk is, is asking God, why are you letting the Babylonians, this group of evil people, take over Judah? Why are you allowing that to happen? And God goes back to Habakkuk and says, you just need to hold on. You big prophet Habakkuk need to fasten your seatbelt because I have a plan. And he tells Habakkuk three words, and I want you to write these down. He tells Habakkuk, you need to wait for it. That's what he says in Habakkuk 2, wait for it. That's what we need to do. Wait for his plan because he has one. Wait for it. You know, that makes me so excited to think that whatever I'm going through in my life, whatever area I'm struggling with, confused about, hurt about, God has a plan to get me through it and I need to wait for it. Wait for it.
You know, Waymaker is a song by Michael W. Smith. It's one of my favorite praise songs. Our praise team at church sings it frequently, and it's a reminder of who God is. These are some of the lyrics. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Did anybody need to hear that? You know, God is always working on our behalf, even when we don't see it or feel it or hear it. He's never stopping his work. You know, he's always working on our behalf. He goes before us. He goes behind us. He's around us. He is the invisible God working on our behalf. Oh, that we could wait patiently and trust him to work it out. You know, I'd like to uh, share an illustration from the theater world that I love so much and I miss so much. We haven't been able to do any performances over the last year. So I want, I want to take you there in your mind. Uh, I want you to imagine uh, uh, the moment that you're at the theater and I want your eyes to be focused on the curtains in front of the stage. Right on cue, this a conductor gives the downbeat and the music begins. The lights dim and a hush falls over the audience and you're on the edge of the seat. Finally, the curtain opens and an elaborate scene appears and the action begins. It's that magical moment in theater. But if you've ever been <laughs> in a, a production, you know that what goes on backstage just before the performance is very different from that serene moment. There is a flurry of activity. Props are being set up. Equipment is being moved from one place to another. Props are being put out on the prop table. Finishing touches on the makeup is being applied. The stage manager calls two minutes and we all respond, thank you too. One of the actors then can't be located and another flurry of activities ensues to find him. You know, sometimes in the theater of life, it feels as if nothing is happening. We're praying and we don't see an answer. We're holding on to hope for a scene change, but God seems to have left the building. But the truth is that God is always working on our behalf. He is designing and he's planning and he's making things happen. And he's making things happen to work together for our good. There are things happening behind the curtain that we cannot see. And in the fullness of time, the curtains are going to open and we're going to see that God has been preparing a show that is well worth waiting for. Doesn't that make you excited? to get on the other side of an issue. And I look back on the things that have happened to me in my life, and I see that when I got to the other side and saw how God used 
the circumstances of my life, to change my life and to influence the life of others, I say, thank you, God. Thank you that you were working on my behalf and you've made all those things come together and I'm on the other side of it and I can see now looking back how you worked those things out for me and you're using it in my life to give me purpose, to give me a ministry, to give me a way to show love and care and concern for others. I thank you for all the mess that was going on behind the scenes and then you made it all come together. Can anybody relate to that? Well, what can I do while I'm in the waiting? First of all, we continue to pray. We pray for guidance and strength and pray that God's will would be done. We ask God to, to place peace in our hearts, to, to give us a peace about the wait, and to give us faith that we will not give up. You know, uh, we won't give up. He's going to guide us and he's going to comfort us. And I see some of you are posting things and that you are, are, are asking God to be in the loneliness, to be in the disease and to be in the diagnosis. And that's what we pray for. Be there. And Lord, give me this wonderful expectation through it and after it. The next thing we need to do, we need to read that our Bible. We need to study God's word and, and focus on his promises because he tells us in, in Deuteronomy 31, he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise of scripture. He's going to be with us through the waiting process. So we want to stay focused on his word daily. Get into a, a, a Bible app that will guide you through daily readings of scripture or just pick up your Bible and just focus on a book and, and get into the word. And the third thing we need to do is we need to worship. We need to worship him. Praise and worship music is a way that we can let his presence, his spirit flow through us and sing and praise God and praise him and thank him for working on our behalf as we are trusting in him. The fourth thing I think we, we should do in the way is to create a blessing list. Write down everything that good God has blessed you with, every single thing. Oh, we don't have time in the day to do that. Keep this list handy and look over it. I've shared before I keep mine on my phone in the notes app and just I you know, I try to do it every day I'm not successful every day and then I'll spend a day and I'll go back over the previous days and I'll fill in the things that I want to be thankful for and then I scroll back periodically and look at the wonderful blessings that I have God is going to bless us in our life and we want to acknowledge that Waiting on God can be really hard, but the benefits are so immeasurable. Trusting God in the good times is easy, but waiting for him in the difficult times is hard, but it's important because it builds our faith. It increases our confidence in him and we grow spiritually. Now, so we've, we've looked at biblical examples. We've seen how Jesus taught and how he practiced patience and how he worked with disciples to be patient and to rely on their faith. And we see that God is the ultimate example of patience. But now we have to put into practice patience with people. So I'm going to give you some examples about how to do that. There was a 2012 study done by the Journal of Positive Psychology that identified the three areas where we have difficulty with patience. The first one is, okay, this is 
uh, duh, relationships. Maintaining calm when we are dealing with other people. Number two, hardships. Hardships or, or finding the civil, civil, silver lining after a serious setback. Relationships, hardships, and the third one are hassles. Those little everyday things, uh, those delays, those irritating things that cause us to make a sarcastic comment or an eye roll or whatever. Those are the three areas. Can you relate to that? Relationships, hardships, and hassles. Well, have you noticed that impatience increases in all of these areas, usually because of this, we're not getting our way. That's what it is. That's what it's about. That's the bottom line. Impatient behaviors are based on our self-centered desires. You know, so you don't need to go to therapy or a psychologist or psychiatrist to learn that. You just learned it here. You know, when we're impatient, it's because we're, it's about us our self-centered desires. It starts when people or things in our environment, our circumstances aren't conforming to our own expectations. Our circumstances are, are areas where we don't have control. For example, like the flow of traffic or the length of a line that we're waiting in. Our expectations though are not always based on reality. For example, do you expect your environment, your circumstances, your situations to always conform to your expectations? Oh goodness, listen to this, uh, because that's not reality. For example, do we live a life thinking, you know, I'm gonna head out and there shall be no traffic jams today. That's my expectation in life. Or that all situations that I will come into will not require me to stand in line. Or there will be open parking spaces for me always. Do we do that? And everyone I encounter today will be kind and considerate. That is my expectation for the day. <laughs> do you know how self-centered that is? People should always behave in the way that they should behave. You know, the, the woman that's checking out in line there, why is she talking to the clerk and taking so much time? Why is that clerk talking to her? Why are they having this conversation and I'm in line behind her? Hey, can any of you relate to that? Maybe I'm just talking about myself. Do you have unrealistic expectations when it comes to you learning new skills or taking up a new craft or figuring out how to do the computer application or, or fixing something? Do you think, you know, this will be a breeze and my expectation is that I will just handle this very well and it will be easy for me to do. Or are your expectations all messed up? because they are centered on you. Mm. Well, the good news is that patience is learned behavior. Wow, patience is learned behavior. It, we can change impatience to patience. You know, that's what the Bible says. We are responsible for our own behavior and we have to own it just like the Apostle Paul owned his. He said, I was the worst sinner. We can say, I am an impatient person. I recognize it. And I want to change that because here's what I want. I want to spill patience all over the righteous road. So today I know I'm going to encounter people who are not on the righteous road with me. They're coming at me from those left lanes of traffic 
and they are going to test and try my patience and I get to decide if I'm going to stay right here in the patient lane, guided by the Holy Spirit, or am I going to veer over here with all the impatient people, with all the circumstances that are trying to derail me, I get to make that decision. Well, in order to do that, we need to know these things. So these are the strategies. First of all, identify the triggers. Know what sets you off. Know if careless drivers set you off today, you're going to encounter that. Be ready for that. Know if technological glitches oh, <laughs> are going to set you off, realize it. Know that if slow-moving cashiers, that's going to happen. It's going to happen today. Then know if being put on hold for a long time is one of your triggers or getting stuck in a long line or trying to figure out a computer problem or facing an extended wait at the doctor's office or having to listen to someone take an interminably long time to explain something. If that's going to set you off, you know, expect it. Expect you are going to experience the unexpected and you need to learn to take control. Know your trigger. When things aren't going your way and maybe you're stuck in traffic, we tend to think that the cause of our, expect our impatience is external to us, that it's out there, that it is somebody else, it is something, then we have it wrong because the cause and the Stimulus for the impatience is in our own minds because that is where our response lives to our circumstances. It's us. It is in here. So watch for impatience to appear in your own mind as a response to not getting what you want right away. Let me say that again. Watch for impatience to appear. Now those triggers in your own mind as a response to not getting what you want right away. And then next, shift your thinking. By shifting your thinking, you interrupt that cycle of behavior that you've been in, of rolling your eyes, putting your hands on your hip, crossing your arms, judging the people that are behaving against your standards of control. And so you want to interrupt that because it's coming, it's happening. So you want to think about your thinking. What are you saying to yourself? What is your body saying? Does it sound like this? I can't be bothered to wait in line. <laughs> Remember, that sounds so proud, uh, prideful, doesn't it? And shift what you're thinking. For example, say if standing in a long line drives you crazy, an appropriate mantra might be, you know, I'm really not in that big of a rush at this moment. Shift it. Shift what you're thinking. Say it. Say it in your mind. You may need to say it out loud. For those who blow a fuse circling for parking spaces, you might say, you know, I will find a spot. I will find a place to park. And by the way, I might need a little exercise by walking. The idea is to take a step back from the situation and to look at it objectively. And, and then think this, is waiting in a line really that inconvenient? Sure, but be realistic and practical. It will soon pass. And in all likelihood, 
You'll forget it ever happened because it's not eternal. So shift your thinking. Then the next thing is do a reality check. And to the reality check is do any of the outcomes here constitute a life or death threat? No. That's the reality check. Get it back. Get the thinking back so you can stay in the right lane on the righteous road. Next, reframe it. Reframe the experience means thinking about the situation di differently. When you become impatient with someone you know, reframe it. Think of a good trait, a good quality, a good memory, a good time with that person. And remember, there are times when you frustrated that person. Remember that there are times when we frustrate other people. That's where we begin to be humble in our thinking, and we want to extend grace to people. And then next is train. Don't try for patience. No, 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 no. Don't anybody say I'm going to try. No, no, no. Don't say I'm going to try. Say I'm going to train. I am going to train. That means I'm going to have to practice it. I'm going to practice today being patient. Trying just does not cut the mustard here. Remember, God says, wait for it. That goes for every circumstance in our life, doesn't it? Practice being patient today. You know, practice patience. And as my T instructions said on the package, wait patiently for perfection. I hope this lesson has proved beneficial to you. I hope there's a lot of food for thought, and I hope today that you'll go out and wait for it. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have given us role models for practicing patience. I thank you that you are patient with us, and you're patient every day and for a lifetime, because what you want to do is to train us to walk in your way down the righteous road and help us, Father, to use that model with others in our walk today. Help us to use it with ourselves and with you as you build trust in us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you today as we wait for it. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to next week when we're going to talk about kindness. And do you know that next week is National Kindness Week? Cannot wait to share. <laughs>